1: bungu si haleluya Ya mi guia otra Ya ya E a botan e a e Eu vou se amar minha vida botando Eu vou se eu vou se eu vou se Oh, <laughs> oh, oh,
2: Hallelujah. There's no words that we can utter this morning greater than that. Is that our promise this morning? That we love Him. The best part of it all is that He loved us first. We were unworthy. We were found in the muddy clay. Yet He chose us and He loved us. Without condition. Amen. Amen. Um, just the band and choir can be dismissed. I think this morning, again, it's a daunting task laying ahead. Um, it's never easy to fill a vacancy in front. Um, but I trust that God will undertake for me. Um, as much as I have a task this morning, I would want to commend Brother Fani for setting the bar this morning. It's always we. We can't wait for the word. And we forget that he's responsible to create an atmosphere. And him and his team has done a great work this morning again. Thanks, bro. Uh, First off, um, I just want to mention that uh, the Deco and family wedding yesterday was a great success. It's really good to see young people taking the word seriously. Taking the word to its fullest. And not just that, something that stood out for me and I discussed it with my wife is the fact that Brother Lawrence is the only one saved in his family. But the amount of respect and modesty that his family showed yesterday. It's to be recommended. Amen. Amen. And that goes to show who Brother Lawrence is. So we continue to pray for the couple and we trust that God will bless them. I know there's a video doing the rounds of someone that looks like me. <laughs> you must be sure before you identify that person, eh? <laughs> Brother Philip, we'll need some space, so continue praying for the expansion project of the church. Um, there has been movement, great movement, but we're looking forward to having more space to rejoice. Amen. 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 This morning, as we turn to the word, the book of Proverbs, chapter 3. Verses five and six. Amen. Jesus follow. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. Amen. We can turn to the book of Jeremiah 29, verse 11. Amen. Jesus, follow. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, said the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil yes. to give you an expected end. Amen. What a promise this morning. Amen. Amen. As we bow our heads. Dear precious Heavenly Father, Lord God, Father, we have gathered this morning to worship and to praise Thee, O Lord. Father, we have gathered, O God, To hear you speak this morning, Father. Father, my prayer is this morning, Father, that your word, O God, would be sanctified, O Lord, Father. That your word would be amplified, O God. Father God, here I am, O Lord. I'm here instrument this morning, Father. Father, my prayer is that you would take control now, Father. Because, O God, I'm not here to... Glorify myself, O oh Lord. Father God, your children never left their homes this morning to hear from me, O oh God. But they came to see you this morning, Father. Yes. Father, my prayer now is, Father, that you would take control, O oh God, as we hand over this service into thy mighty hand. Amen. can take the comforts of our seats. Last week pastor started a subject on pedigree. And if you think of it, a lot of times the first thought that comes to mind, and Pastor also touched it, we think of an animal, we think of a dog, especially. Our dear friend, Sibi.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> and if you think of it, pedigree needs a standard. There certain qualities that it needs to adhere to. And it's got a lineage. Sibi doesn't know who his father is, where his father's father comes from. And this morning I want to speak on identity crisis. I think of an eagle this morning. An eagle is a super creature. There's no other creature like it in the animal kingdom. We look at the eagle, and we look at a hawk, a crow, they can all fly, but they can't fly as high as an eagle. That means the eagle's got a speciality trait that other animals don't have, other birds won't, will never have. It's got long sight, it's got vision, it sees further than any other animal. So, you can easily, with the human eye, look at an eagle and mistake it for a hawk. You can look at a hawk and mistake it for an eagle. But there certain traits that would elevate this eagle above, that makes it a special creature. This morning, if I look, I take... Brother from Mafagaza, and I take his passport or his ID and I stick my photo on that ID and I go to the bank and I try and access his bank account and I've got his ID number I've got his ID book, I've got his banking details but the first thing that that bank teller would do, him or her would look at the picture Look at the surname, identify that there is a crisis here. Because this name and surname doesn't gel with the picture in the ID. Unless that bank teller is under the influence of the devil, that individual would allow me to withdraw. But if that individual is true, she'd tend to unphone the police, have me arrested for impersonation. It's the same when I chose my wife to marry me. I justified her. Not the ward family. I justified her. I put her to the trail, the trials to find her to be a wife for fit for me. I then sanctified her with the act of marriage, not the Ward family, I Thomas Ward, then glorified her, and today she can walk around with the token on her finger to say that she is Mrs. Thomas Ward, and as soon as she tries to be a ward. It's not good enough. There is an identity crisis. Because the day I took a stand with Jesus, I forsook all of that. And I became Thomas Ward. Mr. Jesus Christ. And she saw that. And she accepted my proposal. And so many times, you'd find that there's a battle where one would try to fit in and yet you forget your identity. We look at the young people today and we'll forever say he's, got, he's going through identity crisis. He's trying to find himself. And an identity crisis happens when we lose sight of God's plan or purpose for our lives. It's not necessarily young people only. Elders in the church, pastors in the church go through the same. Forgetting that God's will for our lives has a reason and a purpose. And the devil is so cunning. He's always trying to bring us back to a state of spiritual amnesia. He's always cunning, trying to make us reason with the word. And that is so dangerous because as soon as you lend him his ear, he plants that seed of reasoning. And if you reason with the word, you suffer from identity crisis. I would like us to go to Genesis 3 verse 1 to 5 This is now where the serpent meets Eve Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, had God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God had said, Ye shall not eat of it, Neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall surely, ye, ye shall surely not. Ye shall not surely die. Just one word that he put in, for God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be open, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Trick of the devil. Simple, simple trick. Eve, in that moment, forgot that she's already an amateur god. And if you think of it, Lucifer Lucifer was kicked out of heaven because of pride. And this is exactly what he used to trick Eve. Because... He wanted to make a reason that she can be higher than what she thinks she is. He let to look at what God is and what God was, and for a split second there, she had an identity crisis. She thought she can be greater, and that is so dangerous. If we read in the spoken word, the conflict between God and Satan, sixty-two, oh five, thirty-one, 31 paragraph 66, the prophet says, but God can give nothing else but his word, because that's what he chose first. And when God makes a decision has to ever remain that way. So God's word is steadfast. It will not change. It will not move. And Satan took reasoning and took the reasoning and attacked the word and shook Eve off the path. That's right, by reasoning, human reasoning. And the devil knows this because He was there in the beginning he knew that it worked for him if he could manage to convince a third of the angels how much more are we to be careful of this if an angel could have fallen because of human reasoning Of identity crisis, how much more are we in the firing line this morning? We take Cain and Abel, both of them sit under the same ministry, they come out of the same house, same doctrine, they heard the same message, same testimony, and yet one of the two had revelation, divine revelation. One of the two knew his purpose in life and he stuck to it. The other, Abel, the other, Cain, did just what his father could do because he knew no better. And you can see with the action that follows. If it cannot be glorified, if he cannot be uplifted, then he gets rid of it. Because it doesn't work for him, didn't work for him, or he got jealous, and he got rid of it. And so much so, the devil comes and he plants that seed of jealousy. You look around and you see something else, someone else doing better. But yet, you need to stay in your lane. You know who you are. Do not waver. Do not fault. Childs may come, they may go. But you cannot stumble. I'd like to go to John chapter eight verse forty two. Jesus said unto them, If God were your Father, you would love me. For I proceed forth and came from God. Neither came I of myself, but ye sent me. Why do ye not understand my speech, even because ye cannot hear my word? Ye are of my father, the devil. Ye are of your father, the devil. And the last of your father ye will do. That's exactly what Cain did. That's exactly who he identified with. That's his identity. His lineage is from the devil. And that you cannot deny. You cannot fault it. Because it has to come true. If you look at the pedigree, they go as far as detecting illnesses, temperament, they could predict to a certain extent as to what this animal is capable of, how durable it is because of its lineage. And here we see that even before modern man could study a lineage, Jesus already identified where it comes from, where the seed begins and how it will filter through, what would happen to it. We can do the same we forget we are, who we are. We want to be identified with people or we try to be associated with certain groups. And in that, we lose ourselves. We lose who we are and who we are supposed to be. We look at the story of the boy in the mirror that Brother Branham talks of. He says this boy stands in front of the mirror. And he moves his one arm, this boy does the same. He moves the other arm, the same happens. And in that, that boy realizes, he identifies, that is him. So what should we be doing? Identify who we are in Christ. Like that boy. That boy could have turned around, ran to his mother and said, come and see, there's another boy in the house. He could have been scared by it. But because the deep call it unto the deep, He identified with that. Today, we identify with Jesus Christ. So, whatever our Father does, we do, we follow. Whatever Abel's lineage was, he did. He followed through. We take Samson. Samson had a purpose in his life. And in this purpose, he tried to He tried to associate with people. And he suffered an identity crisis. He suffered, and unfortunately, there was a price to pay. He went to prison. He was blinded. And this morning, how many in here know who they are? is blinded and imprisoned. How many of us this morning are struggling because we chose to reason with God's word? We chose to try and put a human factor to it. And here we are, stuck. But this morning there is still hope. This morning there is still Hope for us because God has not given up on us. The same as he did with Samson. When Samson went to the stadium, between those two pillars he stood and sanity prevailed one more time. He cried, Lord, just once more. There the Philistines were looking over him, laughing, mocking him. How many of us today go through the same thing? Where people in the community look at you and they feel that you are not good enough. They look at you and yet they don't see who you really are. And Samson in this moment when he came to his senses asked God once more and he fulfilled his purpose because at that one at once he killed more Philistines than he ever did before he was imprisoned so God's purpose worked through his life it was still fulfilled this morning you might feel you're not worthy, you're not good enough but that is just the devil trying to convince you. Just trying to pull a trick on you. Do not let him tamper with your identity. Know who you are. Stand fast. We take Moses. Moses was born a special child. Moses knew he had a purpose in life from a very young age, he knew he had to achieve something in life. How many of us wake up every morning know that we need to achieve something today? We've got a purpose today. And yet, after 40 years of doctrine, 40 years of being fed the Egyptian food, Moses still knew he had a higher calling and he tried to implement his calling with human reasoning. The day he slew that soldier, Egyptian soldier, he thought he was doing the Jews a favor. He thought he was doing God a favor because ultimately he was the one that would have saved the Jews, God's people. But he tried to do it through human flesh, human reasoning. He tried to, to do it that way, and it doesn't work that way. Because God's plans is beyond us. God's ways are beyond us. And most of the times we will look at it and it seems impossible. We look at it and it seems so far away. But sometimes we just need to slow down. And accept what God has for us I mean God took Moses into the backside of the desert how many of us find ourselves this morning in the desert and even though Moses became content it was never his purpose to stay in the desert it was never his destiny to stay there God started working in him again. It took 40 years for him to get to a point where he was ready. But this morning, we might be sitting here thinking, you've got 40 years. You're so, so, so wrong because time is far spent. We don't have 40 years to to let God work in us again, to try and get out the doctrines Try and get Egypt out of us. We need to react now. We need to identify ourselves with Christ. Because there is no more time left for us. Moses eventually did follow through on his purpose. He achieved what God set out for him to achieve. In Ephesians 4, verse 14, the word says, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine. So if you are uncertain of yourself, if you don't know who you are, it's so easy for you to take up anything and eat anything. The lion in the jungle no matter how hungry he is will never settle to eat grass because he was never made for that but why do we find settling because they suffer from identity crisis and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of man and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. So the devil is out to deceive you. He's waiting for you. No matter what you do, you need to take heed of what you you take in, the information you take in. You need to sift what you take in. If you are an eagle today, today, eagle doesn't Settle for anything. You won't find an eagle next to a crow trying to steal the crow's carcass. You'll never find an eagle in the barnyard. Father Brenham spoke of the eagle, that when that eagle heard the mother call, he immediately knew where he's from and where he's going to. He identified the call. This morning, we identified with the word. The prophet came our way. It was a call for us to get out of the barnyard this morning. So many of us stood up and we took heed to that call. And as life goes, as the challenges of life goes, we falter. We try and reason, try and achieve things by human reasoning. And it's not God's way. We must stick to His ways. Like in Romans 12, verse 1 and 2. The word reads, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is in your reasonable service and be not conformed to this world but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God so you need to change the way you think you need to start focusing on Jesus again keep your eyes on God we are eagles. We see far greater than any other. But yet, from time to time, we are found wanting because we tried to reason with the word. We tried to, to impose something that was never meant to be. like us to go to the indictment 6307, 07, paragraph 190. Brother Brenham says that, notice, Jesus, proven by scripture, do you, do you hear me? How many times do we find, or do we think that Jesus was, had it easy, but so many times we forget that he, he became human, he faced the same things that we had to go through. And his identity was challenged as well. At the age of 12, when Mary came in looking for him, he set her straight. He said, No, I'm about my father's business. Human reasoning your father is Joseph, your father is a carpenter, but here you are with the scribes, here you are with the Pharisees, here you are teaching. So what does that mean? What does that mean? His identity was challenged. Jesus' identity was furthermore challenged when Satan time and time again tried, Why don't you turn these stones into bread? That was a challenge, challenging his identity. And Jesus never faltered. He never started or tried to reason with with the devil in that. How many of us, when we start going through trials, start going through afflictions, we start reasoning. We forget who we are. Here Jesus was, knowing what lays ahead for him. He knew what was about to happen, but still he stayed obedient to the word of God. Still he chose to stick it out. didn't allow the devil to challenge his identity. Because he knew that God's purpose was greater than his suffering. He knew that God's purpose, at the end, would mean so much for you and me this morning. The Samaritan woman at the well, we look at her and today's society go out the door, out the gate, and you see this woman of ill fame, She was suffering, she was going through a lot, and in a moment when she identified herself with Christ, her life changed. How many of us this morning, if we think back of where we came from? is not even worthy, will not even be, would have been worthy to put on shoes this morning to come to church. How many of us this morning came from a life that we are ashamed of to even mention? We chose friends, that led us astray. We had made decisions that scarred us for life. And that's the devil. The devil, if he pulls you into the world, he would scar you for life. Sometimes those scars are deep within. Sometimes he makes it so that You can sit in church and the very brother next to you would look at you and question. You look at the brother next door and you see the tattoo on his arm. That's a mark of the world. And you want to judge that brother. Yet that brother had known he never knew the decisions that he makes. What the devil is out to achieve by? And the day that brother decided, this is not who I am. The day he identified himself with Christ, that tattoo doesn't matter. Right? I look at it at myself sometimes in the mirror. I made decisions in life that I cannot be proud of. I made decisions in life contrary to the word of God and today I bear the shame of that. I'm the one that stands in the mirror and look at that. I've got two daughters, inquisitive daughters And I've never answered them yet. They look at my ears and they see these piercings. And they ask, Daddy, what is that? That is the scar of the world. That is a decision that I made without Christ. And today I have to walk looking at myself, knowing that, you know what, I once was there. Today I can look, every morning, knowing that you know what, where God has brought me from. He took me out of a way, a path that was just going straight to, leading to destruction, straight to hell. And yet He took me and found me worthy, found me valuable enough. To send the prophet my way. To send a word, a message. I was 16 years old. And I asked myself the question, Who am I serving? I grew up in the Anglican church. Every Sunday, sitting right in the front pew, I could recite the prayer book off by heart. At the age of 16, this question came up. Who am I serving? Because I get God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit. Who am I praying to? Yet I continued in the the Anglican Church for a while after that. But that question stuck in my mind. Up until one day, I listened to a DVD. I listened to a spoken word and the moment I realized my answer is there. The moment the prophet took and explained to me the office of God. I realized who I was. It is in that moment that I realized Everything up to now was a lie. This is where I need to go to. This is the life that I need to live. And it's not an easy decision to make. But at the end, it was worth it. It's still worth it today. If I look at my peers that I used to hang out with, some of them... Dead today, some of them into drugs, some of them have been friends, divorced, and you see the grace of God in your life. I think of Paul so many times. Paul went through a lot. People rejected his message because they think they knew who he was. They still identified Paul with Saul and they refused to accept his message. He was beaten. He was stoned. He was even deserted by close close friends for choosing a way greater than there is this morning how many of us are going through the very same thing how many of us feel that the walk that we walking this morning is unbearable how many of us feel that we carrying a yoke It's far too heavy for us. But God made provision for that. He warned us that it's not an easy road that we're taking. We must be certain. And you can only be certain if you can identify with Him. You can only be certain if you know who you are. And you can only know who you are if you know who is in you. For He that is in you is greater Paul, in his suffering, teaches us in Philippians 4.11 to be content. And I think that is where a lot of us allow the devil to reason with us. Because how can you be content if you're hungry? How can you be content if you're unemployed? How can you be content if you are hated by your own family? How is it possible? But you need to be content in God first. If you find that you have contentment with God, the things of the world don't matter. The things of the world will pass away. In the week, Sister Becky send Sister Becky Moyo sent my wife a video clip of a testimony in Brother Maliko's church in England. And in that moment, my wife forwarded it to me. I'm at work. I'm sitting in my office. And I start listening to this testimony. Testimony is about a couple, young married couple, that had plans. Like any young person today has plans. They got married. After they got married, the next stage was to start a family, and they did try, and it failed. The sister went to the doctor, they did test, and they found that there were some complications, but nothing major. So already, reasoning steps in. She then went for some procedures, and the doctor says to her, you cannot, or you, it's impossible to fall pregnant within the first six months. That's reasoning. Within three months, they fall pregnant. We think that's victory. That's the beginning of the child. She then goes for tests and doctor after doctor picks up but there's an issue here. This child that you are carrying carries some abnormality, there's some DNA malfunction here. This child will be born without a nose. This couple leaves the doctor's office and they go to do some research. Reasoning. To see what is the outcome. What this child will look like. What this child may go through. In that, they decide to to stay strong. They continue praying. And as the pregnancy goes along, The one gynecologist close to the inn goes and they do a a scan and they say that the monitor is turned away and this gynecologist does not speak a word, he goes quiet. And they coerce him to start telling us what is wrong, speak to us. And he says, this child's arms didn't develop fully. This child's limbs are not developed. So there's a possibility that both hands will not even form completely. Obviously, shock. They go home worried. And her father says to her, stand still. Stand still. Before, I don't know, is it our excitement or the doctor's excitement, but as you develop, they want to see you more often. You have to go to the gynecologist more often. He needs to see, needs to see the baby. And, they went quiet because now they brought in more specialists to have a look at this child developing in in the womb and they find that the arms look fine they measured there the arms is there the limbs are there hallelujah glory to God we celebrate but there's still one thing missing That child doesn't have a nose. That child still suffers from that form of disability. And obviously that is exactly how life works. You've got victories. Just when you think you made it, you are reminded, but That fetus doesn't have a nose yet. And just before she gave birth, by now they've brought in more specialists. They've brought in counselors to come and assist you. So what does the devil do? Bring someone to come and help you, someone to advise you. You made a promise. You told God that no matter what, I stick with you. No matter what, I take you at your word. And here you are listening to yet another professor. Actual fact, she mentioned that they flew in a professor from Germany to England. And as they are going through The scan he asks, are you prepared for what lies ahead? Are you prepared to see what you are letting yourself in for? Have you done a 3D scan yet? And she says no. And he orders a three D scan. in that moment that child's face is complete and I'm sitting there in my office my eyes filled with tears the song comes to mind Lord whatever you're doing Don't do it without me. In that moment, I'm taken back to my own trial. In that moment, I remember what we went through with Gabriella. When the doctor looked at us and he said, Make the decision today. You have to decide. It's either your wife's life or this baby. In that moment, I was like Moses. I cried, I wept. Because here I face the mountain and the seaside. The Red Sea before me. In that moment, while I was weeping, I said, Lord, I can't make this decision. Lord, I've got expectations. It's six months pregnant. I've got expectations for this child. I cannot let this doctor decide. Amen. In that moment, he says, The theater is available now. Her appendix is going to burst. I said, No. He leaves to go and do another operation. He comes back. He says, Guys, your wife is not doing well. He presses her stomach and she's cringing off the pain. He says, there is a slight chance that it can happen. I looked him in the eye and said, Doctor, you're moving in the the right direction. When you can come and guarantee that both of them will make it, she'll go into the theater. We went on for three days like that. Three days. He comes. He's not where I feel comfortable with. He comes the last day. He says, your wife's, hands your life your wife's life is in your hands you need to decide now we have been studying all night and we think we know what to do in that moment come said lord may your will will be i put it into your hands and The operation goes through, comes out, and you sit and you reason with yourself. Four hours sitting in that hospital room questioning myself, did I make the right decision? Did I really have faith enough for this operation? Did I really just give the doctor permission to kill my child? It's the devil speaking. Whispering in your ear. Trying to manipulate your testimony. She comes out, wakes up. And for a matter of time, quietness. Quietness. Up until the point where that little one moved again. When Gabriella moved in my wife's womb, her face changed. I already knew what my answer was. And you look at Joseph. He was mocked. And not by who? His own brothers. Laughed at, cast out. His brothers basically disowned him because if his father had to drop dead while they sold him as a slave, they would have split the inheritance. They would have split his portion between themselves. He was ultimately a spare wheel in that family because of the stand that he took. He chose to stand with God. And we think of a spare wheel this morning. You put it, the old cars, it was under the car. You don't see it. You forget all about it. But in case of emergency, you know where it is. Today, that spare wheel, we put it in the boot. We put our luggage on there. And this is what his family did with him. He's good enough to be called in case of emergency. We know who he is. If we need a set of extra hands to lift something up, we know who he is. Call him. Joseph will come, and being obedient, he would follow through. They plotted his death, basically, Stole his inheritance. But Joseph never faltered because he knew his identity. Joseph continued to walk with God. As a slave, the favor of God was upon him. So much so that he was almost found or he was imprisoned wrongfully. And never do we see or hear Joseph reasoning with God. We never hear or see Joseph questioning God in this. And yet, we find ourselves doing that too often. Where we find ourselves questioning, failing to forgive. How many of us, after being disowned, after being cast out, sold, would have so much of Christ in us that we can forgive? How much does it take to be able to do that? This morning, all it took, Joseph, was to stand with Christ. And with him standing with Christ, Christ stand with him. God stood for Joseph in all his ways. God stood for him because he decided to do that first. Second Timothy 2.15 The word says, Study to show thyself approved unto God. A workman that needeth not to be ashamed rightly divided the word of truth. Here, the word says, be diligent. Stay with the word. Find yourself in the word firstly and stay with it and see what God does for you. If you can identify yourself and and not let yourself to reason, you would see so much greatness in you. But if you do not know who you are, if you do not know what your identity is, the world will surely make a mockery of you. The world looks at us every Sunday morning Pranamites, fanatics, and yet they do not know our identity. They may see you as the neighbor, kind, friendly neighbor. They may even think of you as a walkover but they don't understand who you are. They do not understand your identity. And if you allow them to reason with you, you're going to lose your identity. So therefore this morning I want to encourage you be diligent. Your identity there's your identity book. From cover to cover, if you open it, it's got your name in it. Your lineage is depicted in there. Your lineage comes from Abraham, dates as far back as Abraham. the father of faith. If Abraham could wait patiently for 25 years for something that seemed impossible, why do we expect microwave instant answers? That is not in our nature this morning. And it's because of that instant culture, instant nature that the devil uses to calm us that we miss so much opportunities this morning. We should be, we say patience is a virtue this morning. But 25 years—that sounds like a lifetime. But at the end of the day, God was working. He says, "Have faith as small as a mustard seed, and you can move mountains." Human reasoning—how long is that going to take? I can't see the first speck of dust roll away forgetting that this faith works according to the the plan of God if God sets it in motion it might be as little as a speck of dust that starts rolling away in the message hear his voice 581005, paragraph 154. Brother Brenham says, Nothing is going to bother you. Don't be scared to take God at His word. Just relax and have faith and believe. He's watching over you, He'll disintegrate anything that tries to bother you. Oh, it might attack at you, but it can't harm you. Cancer, sickness, it can come. devil will try, he did it with Job, but it can't harm you. For all things, he permits it. It couldn't be nothing else. For it works together for good. To them that love the Lord, no harm can come to you. Amen. So this morning, when you get scared, remember who you are. Remember your identity. Do not allow the devil to create chaos. So that you can question your identity. Stay focused. God has a plan for your lives. Say in Afrikaans, I took this and each time I go into pastor's office, especially when I need to stand here in front, I read this it's something that was found among Brother Branham's Brother artifacts. So it's something that he wrote. In closing, it reads according the high calling of God. If God has called you to be really like Jesus in all your spirit, He will draw you into a life of crucifixion and humility. You're going to face trials. He will put on you such demands of obedience that he will, he will not allow you to follow other Christians. And in many ways, he will, he will seem to let other good people to do things which he will not let you do. How many times would you question, but brother so-and-so, sister so-and-so, other Christians and ministers who seem very religious and useful may push themselves, pull wires and work schemes to carry out their plans, but you cannot do it. If you attempt it, you will meet with such failure and rebuke from the Lord as to make you, you solely pennant. Others can brag about themselves, their work, their success. their, their writing but the Holy Spirit will not allow you to do any such thing if you begin it He will lead you into such deep mortification that will make you despise yourself and all your good works others will be allowed to succeed in making great sums of money or having a legacy left to them or in having luxuries but God may supply you daily because He wants you to have something far better than gold and that is helpless dependence on Him. That He may have the privilege of providing your needs day by day out of the unseen treasury. The Lord may let others be honored and put forward, but keep you hidden away In obscurity, because He wants to produce some choice. Fragment fruit for His coming glory, which can only be produced in the shade. God will let others be great, but keep you small. He will let others do a work for Him and get the credit for it. But He will make you work and toil on without knowing how much you are doing. Then to make you, your work still more precious, He will let others get the credit for the work which you have done. And this will make your reward ten times greater when Jesus comes. Amen. The Holy Spirit will put a strict watch on you with a jealous love and will rebuke you for little words and feelings or wasting your time which other Christians never seem distressed over. So make up your mind that God is an infinite sovereign and has a right to do as He pleases with His own. He will not explain to you a thousand things which may puzzle your reason in His dealings with you. God will take you at your word, at your word, And if you absolutely will yourself to be his slave, he will wrap you in a jealous love and let other people say and do many things that you cannot do or say. Settle it forever that you are to deal directly with the Holy Spirit. Also that he is to have the privilege of trying your tongue or chaining your hands or closing your eyes in ways that others are not dealt with. Now when you are so possessed with the loving God that you are in your secret heart pleased and delighted over his peculiar personal, private, jealous guardianship and management of the Holy Spirit The vestibule of heaven. Now that word, vestibule, means purely that you have found your room in heaven, your space in heaven. That is, that is this morning, your promise. Identify with Him. The Take Him at His word. Amen. And the only way you can take Him at His word is if you commit your ways to Him. Amen. You cannot expect Him to be a spare will. Just in case of emergency. God doesn't work like that. Amen. So this morning my encouragement is identify yourself in Christ identify yourself in the word and let God take control that God deal with the mockers that God deal with the ones that hurt you for he has accepted you he chose you this morning, saying, Yevo Nkosiam Yakutanda. And if you really mean it, he means it as well. If you really love him you will see God at work in your life. This morning as we go out, as we stand to our feet, look yourself in the mirror when you get home and ask yourself the question, Am I identified with God? The person in the mirror is that person identified with Christ. Be that little boy that called his mother. Said, come and see. Come and see. I saw myself. Come and see me. This morning, if you look in the mirror, call Jesus, and say, Come and see, I see you in the mirror. Amen. Sing the worshipping song. Huh? Please. sing another worshiping song?
0: yourself with all creation, Father. You showed yourself, Father, in the heavens. You displayed the zodiac, Lord, as a display, Almighty God, of your power. But it was all showing what you will do in the times to come. The prophet has taught us that the only Bible they could read was to know much about the zodiac the stars did appear Lord when there is a sign of what is to happen in the world upon this earth when the Messiah was born there was a star that appeared Lord in the zodiac and we are told Heavenly Father that you wrote another second Bible you displayed yourself in nature yes For if you want to see God and understand Him clearly the prophet said I look at nature. How things were created. There is a display of the attributes of God in all creation. And we have Lord this written Bible Father Lord which is a record of people that identified their positions. Yes. It. And we are told the book of Acts, Lord. Is the only book that shows that it has a continuation. Yes. It did not end with an amen. amen. It did not end with a conclusion. Yes. It's an ongoing process until we leave this earth. Amen. A process of identifying ourselves with Christ. Amen when you redeemed your people, Father, from Israel, Lord, from Canaan, from Egypt to Canaan, Lord, having been your people, Father, there had to be a Moses who identified himself with the promise of Abraham for them to be in bondage. As was foretold, there had to be a Joseph that was in the dungeon, that was put in prison, that reigned until all Egypt Acknowledged him and his family. Until all Israel was taken into captivity. It was a promise, Lord. They identified themselves even in bondage with the scriptures. Father, there is a promise left unto us for this day. The title of the preacher is, at the end of it, mentioning our crisis, Lord. They did not have crisis way back. But in the end times, we are having a crisis, Lord. For there is much deception rising up until it would almost deceive even the very elect if it were possible, Lord.
2: Amen. May you
0: help us by the Holy Ghost. Yes, May you help us by the preaching of the word that we may identify our place in the scriptures. Amen. I can think of John the Baptist the elders of the day Lord the leaders the church leaders of his day when he had a message from above when he had a message of God to introduce the Messiah to them when they asked him oh father they demanded of him of his identity they said are you Jeremiah? He said no are you that prophet? No Are you the Messiah? He said, no. Are you Elijah? For all their questions and the names that they supposed him to be, he had a no for an answer. If he had not known his position, he would not have said no. Amen. You would have perhaps assumed he might be one of them. But they said, who art thou there? He had something better to say of himself. For he remembered, oh God, what calling you gave him. That I'm the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Even when Christ came, we read the Bible. And it tells us, Lord, many scriptures, things were done in his ministry to fulfill the scriptures. A book was handed to him one day in the temple. And he read in one place in the book of Isaiah. And he told them about himself. And he told them how that if they could destroy his body, he would raise it in three days. And the prophet told us, he said so because he knew who he was. May you help us as your children, Lord. If we are to be identified with Christ to know who we are and what we need in this end time, Lord. What position we take in Christ and what purpose have you called us for. I am praying, Heavenly Father, help us not to have this crisis of identity. If you do not have an ID book, you cannot open an account. If you do not have an ID book, you cannot have employment. If you do not have an ID book, they might not even... Know where you come from and where you are going. They will first ask for your identity. Everywhere else they do that. The banks, they ask for identity. The employers, they ask for our identity. The landlords, where we stay, they ask for our identity. Lord, I'm praying. May our identity be visible, Lord, in the end times. Amen. And this identity that we identified with Christ. May each and every one of your children, Almighty God, be instilled, Father, by the feeling to find out their identity and to stand on the post of duty, the place whereon they are called unto. And I thank you, Lord, this afternoon for our brothers ministered. We have been in fellowship with thee. The scriptures that have been read, Father, we know that we will not live on our own understanding but we will commit our ways unto the Lord. Amen. And there with, Lord, shall we be established. And we thank you, Father, for the high calling to be the bride of Jesus Christ. Amen. May you anoint us with the anointing that goes with it. May you give us the grace that goes with it, Lord. Yes, yes. And may you anoint us with the power that goes with it. Amen. For thy name's sake, Lord, I would commit everything, Lord, in your precious hands. As I conclude my prayer, committing your servant, our pastor, who is not here with us, yes. in your precious hands. May you guide him gently in everything that he is laying his hand to do. And when he travels back home, Father, may you guide him on the way. Yes. May you protect him. May it be a testimony, O God, that he has been among the brethren where he is now. Amen. Father, we pray, Father, that everyone, Almighty oh, God, as we leave this place and we go back to our homes, our respective place of abode, Father, we ask that your grace may be ministering to us. And may the rest of the week be a blessed week from this message, O God, as we continue to identify ourselves with the scriptures, identifying ourselves with the word of God. Father, we thank you, Father, for making us Christians and believers in the end times. Let it be our testimony as we go to our workplaces. Let it be a a testimony for our children when they go to school. Let it be a testimony for our wives, O God, wherever they may be. That we are Christians, Lord. We thank you, Almighty God, for this identity, Lord. Yes. Even the Christians from one time, Lord God, they were identified, first identified to be Christians because they were like Christ. I pray that it may be our testimony, also, Lord. Yes. As we endeavor, Lord, to lay everything to, to do according to the will of God. Father, and to long and to desire to join them, more God, in the land of the living. Father Almighty God, I pray that you may be with us. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, Father, I pray.
2: Amen. 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 We can sing another worshiping song and then we'll be dismissed till next week. Continue praying for us as we pray for you. In this time that we're living in, we are fueled by prayer. So one thing that has no limits, we can't get enough of it amen.
1: So. amen. we levanwe 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 니니니 ya 니 ya 니 Pulo, ninguém já Thank